Young millionaires in training. Young millionaires in training. Building your chickens in your savings. In your savings. Building your chickens in your savings. Building your chickens in your savings. So I know I've been focusing a lot on mental health this season. I uh, had a couple of different guests come in talking to different authors that discuss mental health and different things. However, still on the financial literacy tip, I did actually want to come in and kind of speak with some people about the Silicon Valley Bank um, collapse, uh, SPB collapse that happened this past week um, where the government has now come in and kind of taken over the bank, or at least they're going to. Um, is what all the signs are pointed towards. So I'm going to go over it. I'm going to kind of keep it as simple and as short as possible because it can get very, very convoluted for me talking about everything that led up to it, what actually happened, and then the direction which is going to go. So I want to kind of keep it short and simple so I don't overload you with a lot of information, but at the same time, still at least give you some idea of what happened, okay? So let's kind of rewind let's go back to the pandemic number one kind of starting out actually before i get into that i forgot hey make sure you go out check all the social media um some of the social media names have changed i actually did my name so it's warren underscore o dot g okay on instagram make sure you catch all the the wonderful product placements all that good stuff I also have an announcement coming real real soon on a new way to consume content here at the Young Millionaire and Training Podcast. So definitely be on the lookout for that as well here as we're coming up here. All right. And so, anywho, like I said, of course, catch us on TikTok. Catch us on, uh, let me see, what is it? TikTok. Catch us on Instagram, Facebook, Young Millionaire and Training, all that good stuff. Okay. Now, into what you're actually here for. So back to the SVB, Silicon Valley Bank Collapse. So let's rewind back to the pandemic, number one, okay? So we're in what's called, coming out of the pandemic and the way that the government handled it, we're in what some are calling in the financial world the triangle of doom, okay? And I know that's not going to sound really happy, but neither is a bank collapse. So um, triangle doom, what that looks at is three specific pieces that were activated in our financial system coming out of the pandemic, into the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic. Um, so first, high inflation. Most of us are feeling that. We know the price of them eggs is high, okay? Eggs is high, gas is it's lower than it got at its peak, but it's still pretty high, okay? Um, so keep that in mind. So high inflation, increased interest rates. So we saw in the height of the pandemic, especially like 2021, um, you know, those interest rates, especially houses, most people um, put it with houses or associated with houses. Those interest rates were 3%. Now they're up around 7% um, interest rate on homes. But essentially what that's driven by is prime rate that's set by the Federal Reserve. And I'll discuss what prime rate is a little bit during the episode. Um, and then startup company valuations being inflated and extremely high. And this was the one of the largest ones that actually hit Silicon Valley Bank because they fund a lot of or funded a lot of startup companies, the Klarna's of the world, the Ubers of the world, um, a lot of those different tech companies out in California went to Silicon Valley Bank to get loans from it. And some of those valuations of those companies were 
overly inflated due to the pandemic and the way people were spending money and the way money was available. Okay, so a couple of basic things I'm going to cover and then we'll get back to why Silicon Valley Bank failed, okay, or eventually came up under a failing situation, okay. So number one, when interest rates are low, so let's go back to the pandemic, when interest rates were low, what that really means is that money is easier to get, okay? It means that money's cheap. It also means that the lower returns needed in order to be profitable. So when we're talking about interest rates being low, a lot of people, of course, associate that with um, mortgage rates or buying a home. But the Federal Reserve sets what's called a prime rate. Right now, the prime rate in America is right around 4.5% when I'm making this in early March, okay, mid-early March. It's expected to be around 5.6% or around 5% um, by the end of 2024, I want to say it is. So, what prime rate is, every bank is required to have a certain amount of money, actual physical money, not necessarily deposits, but actual cash. So in a computer, actual cash on hand at the end of the night, okay? So these, this example that I'm giving you is not going to be the exact number, okay? This is just for illustration purposes. So let's say you have the Bank of Warren, okay? Let's say I have my own bank. If I'm a small, if I'm categorized as a small bank, I have to have one amount. If I'm categorized as a mid-sized bank, I have to have another amount. If I'm categorized as a large bank, I have to have a different amount of money, okay? Now, with that being said, if I do not have that amount of money at the end of the night, I have to go to another bank that does have uh, that money or has surplus of that money or has surplus on the amount that they should have. And I have to borrow that from them overnight so that I'm not fined, okay, by falling under that threshold. So let's take a mid-sized bank. Let's say the number is $100,000. Obviously, it's way higher than $100,000, but let's just say it's $100,000, okay? So the Bank of Warren, I'm a mid-sized bank. I'm supposed to have $100,000 at night when it closes. But because, say, person A or whoever, person A comes to me. They want to buy a house, so they borrowed, once again, these are not exact numbers. Well, we'll say a car. Let's say a car. They want to borrow $5,000 to buy a car. I only have $100,000 in actual cash in my bank, but I say, hey, take this $5,000 for it, which is going to move me down to $95,000, which means I'm under my threshold for that night as a bank, okay? My institution is under the threshold. So I have to go to the bank of Johnny. Let's say whoever Johnny is. I don't know who Johnny is, but we say Johnny. I go to the bank of Johnny and say, Johnny, I'm under my threshold. According to you know regulation, I have to borrow this money from you overnight so that I'm not fined. And he says, well, prime rate right now is 4.5%. So I'm going to lend you that money at prime rate overnight. So 4.5% is the amount of interest that I have to pay. Now, the question is, that $5,000 that I had to borrow, whose fault 
according to the bank, me being Banker Warren, is it that I was under my threshold. Whoever person A is, I'm blaming them. So I said, because you came and borrowed $5,000, that is the reason that I had to go borrow $5,000. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to charge you the 4.5% interest and I'm going to charge you a profit because, I mean, I got to make some money. I'm a business, right? I'm the bank of Warren. I got to make money if I don't do nothing else. So I'm going to also charge you that money as well to do that. And obviously, this is on a much larger scale, so please keep that in mind. So what ends up happening there is as the interest rate for me to borrow the money goes up, that's more interest I'm going to charge you because I still have to make a profit on top of that. Also, in addition to that, when the interest rate is lower, I'm more incentivized to go under. So if the interest rate is, say, the prime rate, if the prime rate is, say, 2%, it's not going to hurt me that bad to go $50,000 under my $100,000 limit. So I borrow more money. Or I lend out more money because it doesn't cost me that much. But when it's 10%, I'm like, look, I can't be going 50K up under, okay? And that's how banks decide how much they're going to lend. Now, this is where it starts to really kick in and cause a problem with prime rate. As those interest rates go up, people's affordability doesn't necessarily go up at the same rate, which is why they raise the interest rates. To slow down the economy so currently inflation over the last few years is approximately about 15 percent whereas wages have only gone up 13 percent okay so what that essentially means is things have gone up over 15 percent in price yet we only make 13 percent more money on average and that doesn't even necessarily apply to everybody that's on average however the same inflation applies to everybody okay so on average, wages have gone up 13%. However, inflation has just gone up 15% across the board for everybody. But it's on average, the wages have gone up. So some people said it's way lower. Some people, of course, it's higher. So you can, you know, kind of feel that out for yourself. So if the price of them eggs been kind of pulling on you, you already kind of know what's up a little bit, okay? Now, what the <clears throat> what it means when interest rates are low is, once again, that means money is easier to get because of the example I gave you. It also means that money, since it's really, really cheap, people just get it. And then it also means, once again, as I mentioned earlier, that there needs to be a lower return in order to pay off the money that is borrowed. So, for instance, kind of getting into the SVB, Silicon Valley Bank situation. So they were giving all these startup companies a lot of money at a low interest rate when prime rate was around 3%. So what essentially that means is if prime rate's at 3%, in order for that company, for it to be worth it to that company to uh, borrow that money, they only need, say, a 4% return, a 5% return. And when everybody has a whole lot of money via stimulus checks, via being at home, 
not spending money on certain types of things like they were before. Um, people just generally spending money at a higher rate. Um, people could afford more house. Inflation was low, so you weren't spending as much money on eggs, as much money on gas. People were spending a whole lot of money. So some of these startup companies had the ability to make a lot more money during this time frame. So hitting a 5% return wasn't that hard. But now that the interest rates are higher, and the reason why that's important, most uh, mortgage rates, of course, you know, you get a 30-year fixed mortgage rate. Business loans don't necessarily always work that way. A lot of those have adjustable rates to them. So as time goes on, the interest rate goes up, which now also means that your return for that rate to be justified also needs to go up. So if now we're at a 5% prime rate and that interest rate goes up to 5 or say 6% for the company, they need to make 7 or 8% for the loan to still make sense for them. Where that issue comes in is that's cool if people were still spending at the same rate, but due to inflation, people can't afford to pay and buy as many things as they were buying before, which means profitability went down. So if a company was only making a 5% return, they may only be making 4% return, but now they have to pay a 6% interest rate or a 7% interest rate. Okay, so you already see how it's kind of creating a deficit there. Now, where we get into Silicon Valley, because people's incomes are <clears throat> are shrinking and not rising at the same inflate rate as inflation, a lot of these companies say, okay, our liquid capital, I need to pull that out of the bank and start paying off some of these loans. Or because we're kind of running at a deficit now, we need to kind of pull out some of our cash to pay off some things or to invest it in other places. And in comes fractional banking. Okay, so I'm going to give you another example of what uh, fractional reserve banking is. Um, so hopefully that you can understand. And I will actually go into this probably in another episode a little bit more in depth um, <clears throat> to make sure there's a full understanding on how it works. But essentially, um, most banks can do their fractional reserve banking up to a 10 times or a 10x number. So essentially, for every $100 that you put in the bank of actual cash, the bank can lend out $1,000 on that $100. Or for every dollar you put in there, they can lend out 10 um, So where the problem with this comes in <coughs> is they've lent out, say, $1,000. Now, let's say me, I'm Bank of Warren. I'm like, hey, I've got the fractional reserve banking. Uh, person A came and put $100 in the bank, so I'm going to lend out $1,000. So I lend out that $1,000. But that means I'm at a $900 deficit for the actual amount of money that exists, okay, <laughs> in my bank. So I'm overdrafted. Yes, as the bank, I am overdrafted, okay, essentially, okay. It's obviously much more complex than this, but I want to keep it very simple just for the nature of you understanding why SVB failed the way that it did. So let's say that they had, I'm just making up a number here. Because they haven't released the actual numbers yet. Let's say they had $10 billion in assets. Those assets could have included bank loans. Because they you have a contract. So they're saying, hey, these companies are supposed to pay me back. So chances are, they could have only had an actual billion dollars in the bank. 
but they had assets of 10 billion okay just as an example these are not the exact numbers and this is a super simplified example i need to say that so don't you know don't go tell nobody look they had 10 billion dollars they only had a b that's not what this is this is a super simplified example so that you can understand how fractional reserve banking works so they're always operating at a deficit so because some of these companies wanted to start getting their money out as recommended by some of these large hedge funds it created a run on the bank where they essentially have there's a only been a billion dollars deposited in the bank but they've lent out they lent out 10 billion dollars okay in theory once again super simplified example so when everybody comes to get their money it doesn't exist there's not enough money there for it to exist because chances are they only maintaining enough money on their books to cover whatever their prime rate requirement is so that they're not getting charged or getting fined at the end of the night so <clears throat> it causes the bank to fail when there's a quote-unquote run on the bank because everybody shows up to get their money all at the same time and there's not enough money there and most banks operate that way most of our American banking system operates in fractional reserve banking and so as and what causes in addition to that what causes the failure because everything is run off debt as long as people are spending in a way that keeps up with the debt it's fine the problem with running things on debt is in our personal life and also in business like you see with the bank is you still have to service that debt and as the interest rate goes up the cost to maintain that debt and to service that debt collect on that debt to um, make sure it's being um, properly moved from place to place goes up and as those costs go up if the revenue that the institutions that owe the debt is not also going up at the end of the day there's just not enough money there and that's when people are expecting the government to step in so some of the things that they're expecting the government to do is step in and do a buyout potentially they're like you know kind of circa 2008 when the government stepped in to do buyout but <clears throat> where that has a potential domino effect on us um, as much as I sit up here and talk about wealth and this that and the third and creating multiple streams of income the government only has one stream of income taxes that's the only stream of income the government has taxes that's it okay there's no other streams of income they don't have no side hustles no nothing just taxes okay um so when the government funds things it's called debt monetization okay and this is how the government funds its operation which is operations which is what it does through taxes and that one source of income um, and so that's incomes, the printing of money, which you saw in 2020 when they were printing a lot of money, um, in which is essentially what debt monetization ends up being, just printing a whole lot of money in order to cover it's like, Hey, we don't have enough money. So let's print money. Also keep in mind, it's not like somebody just going in there on a printer and printing money at this point in time, because everything is digital. It's just, they're adding ones and zeros into a ledger somewhere and in somebody's computer system so that it is you know the same way essentially and i hate to make it sound illegal but i'm not saying it's illegal but it sounds like um you know when you get on the internet and people are like hey you got navy fed send me three hundred dollars and i send you back three thousand that's essentially what printing money is okay <laughs> 
credits. All they're doing is debt monetization on that. Or you have quantitative easing. What quantitative easing is, is when the Federal Reserve actually inserts money into the economy by buying things. So they may go up and buy a whole lot of um, spending the, um, what you call it, uh, defense sector, um, just to spend in different things and just stimulate the economy by putting a whole bunch of money into the economy. Um, but where this causes a problem is it devalues things, which causes the inflation because it causes things to go down in price, which causes the demand to go up. And then once that demand goes up, it causes the price to go really, really high and overinflate. The same way we saw the housing prices jump up 35% when they typically go up 3%. Because the demand was so high on houses that it caused the prices of them to jump up way above what they should have been, which is why they're starting to come back down now. <clears throat> so... Essentially, what's trying to happen now, the Federal Reserve wants to increase those interest rates. By them increasing the interest rates, it's hopefully going to slow down the economy. The problem with slowing down the economy is that comes with consequences, and we don't know what that's going to look like. They already changed the definition of recession. Uh, last year, at the, I want to say it was towards the middle, the end of last year, they changed the definition of what a recession was. Um, so some people think we're already in a recession. Some people still think it's coming. Some people think it'll be a quote-unquote soft landing. And some people think, you know, um, for lack of a better term, like the whole bottom's going to fall out. Okay. Um, I'm somewhere in between because I, I just don't really exactly know what it's going to look like and I don't want to speculate. I low-key think the bottom's going to fall out, but I have traditionally been kind of negative when it comes to those kind of things. So, um, However, if you're prepared, it'll be a great opportunity for you to take advantage of some stuff because there's going to be a lot of stuff on sale. Okay, One of the other things for you to look out during this time is um, employment rate, unemployment rate, excuse me, going up. Right now it's at roughly 3.6%. Um, by the end of mm, 2023 or so, they're expecting it to be up to about 4.6%. How that actually qualifies or quantifies in numbers, that's about 2 million Americans losing their job this year. Okay, um, Because as the economy slows, companies don't have as much money because of that debt piece because they can't afford to, they can't afford to pay back the debt at higher interest rates which means they have to either make more money or cut expenses. And if people have less money to spend, chances are they're going to cut expenses. So just keep that in mind. Make sure you stay alert. Make sure you prepare. Start creating an emergency fund. Put that money away. And look for those really great investments because a lot of things will be on sale. Some of these businesses are going to be on sale. And not just at the like, super large level, but lower level businesses as they can't pay back these loans. They're going to have to do something with these businesses. So just... Keep those things in mind. If you all have questions, make sure you go on my Instagram, go on my Facebook, go on TikTok, wherever. Drop the question. Send me a message. Let me know what questions you have, what I can do to assist and explain it better. Um, I try to keep it as condensed as possible because it can go really, really deep. If I jump into every individual little piece of it, I probably could do an hour Per, like just on the triangle of doom like each individual piece i probably could talk about each individual one for an hour if i really really wanted to so if you have questions feel free to hit me up until next time make sure you all take care of yourself make sure you 
Stay on your, your mental health. Make sure that you do what you need to do to stay healthy. Take care of your family. Love yourself. Forgive yourself. All those other wonderful things that I've been talking so much about here recently. And until next time, I will definitely holler at y'all. Y'all be good. Young millionaires and trainers and trainers. Young millionaires and trainers. Young